myhappydesires.com. Visit us at myhappydesires.com and add some toys to your toy box. Let your imagination be the guide to your stress relief. Myhappydesires.com has everything for the perfect play night. Alone or not, you choose. Fuel your desires without breaking the bank. MyHappyDesires.com All right, well, let's since we're talking about fat chicks all right <laughs> um valerie bertinelli who obviously <laughs> was, who was obviously married to eddie van halen yeah i'm gonna send this link over to you as well all right uh she talks about her weight What is it with, with people who just can't seem to control their, you know, their appetites and whatever like to eat, don't give a shit, but then, but, but but then they complain when shit goes wrong. Yeah. Most do. (laughs) It's like, you you gotta just, you gotta exercise some self-control. Look, nothing's supposed to be good. Let's just, (laughs) let's just erase, erase everything. Nothing is supposed to be good. If you want to be skinny, you got to fucking torture yourself to be skinny. If I guess. you want to, if you want to fucking eat cookies and cake, well, then you got to fucking torture yourself by being made fun of being a fatso. That's just the way it goes. Well, anyway, Valerie Bertinelli, 62. She's younger than uh, Joan Jett. <laughs> Says her weight is like protection to keep men away yeah because she she wasn't hot in like uh one day at a time <laughs> in her tight jeans and shit well she was but now she's fat i think she's saying that keeps the guys away well, i understand that and that's exactly what she's trying to say uh to keep men away as she heals from divorce after losing 50 pounds over 13 years ago she found him <laughs> The whole, you know, the whole funny thing is, is that, uh, you know, these, the, these weight loss commercials that we often see on television, mm-hmm. you know, one of my, as a, as a kid, as an adolescent, one of my favorite chicks that, that I thought was hotter than fuck. And she still kind of like is, if you, again, I, you know, TV magic. Yeah. Marie Osmond. Oh yeah. She looks good now. Oh, she's smoking hot and she's banged out like five or six puppies. And she was a big fatso for a minute. Yeah, she was. And that's the whole thing is that she endorses all these weight loss programs and stuff. Oh, that ain't her. (laughs) But, uh, Marie Osmond was as a, you know, when I was just a kid and you know, the whole Osmond show with her and her, her, uh, brother Donnie and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. She, she was, she was like, you know, the fantasy girl for me. Right. 
Look at that. Jeez. <laughs> Holy shit. Is that recent? I guess. I want. <laughs> wow. I want one day at a time, Valerie Bertinelli. <laughs> Not hot from Cleveland. <laughs> I don't want hot from Cleveland, Valerie. <laughs> That's hot from walking. <laughs> Holy cow. Let me find me some Valerie Bertinelli. And, and the thing is, is while Eddie Van Halen was married to her, yeah. you know, she was a smoking hot piece of ass. Oh yeah. I mean, of course he, you know, being Eddie Van Halen, he married her. Yeah. Because, and, and he would have left her if she started looking like fucking Weight Watchers girl. Oh, Jesus Christ. We're gonna have to take a break. She is just fucking in her day. She's another one. Yeah. She is another one that took a lot of spank bank from me. <laughs> Again, this is why I kind of like group this together. So Jesus. It makes sense. she is just what a piece of ass. Yeah, those, those, those last couple of years of one day at a time, like, especially when they got rid of Mackenzie Phillips, cause she was such a junkie Yeah, and they focused more on her where she was like, guys were tr constantly trying to fuck her on the show. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was, she was at the top of her game because she was originally offered up to David Lee Roth. From but, who, well, who offered her up? Well, the, her publicist or whoever was, who was marketing her brought okay. her to a Van Halen concert and they more or less brought her as a, you know, as the sacrificial lamb to David Lee Roth. Right. I don't know. Shit. But she more or less found, uh, Eddie Van Halen more attractive for whatever, right. you know, for whatever reason. Good on Ed for sticking it up in that. Exactly. Good for him. So there you are. Uh, <laughs> Valerie Bertinelli does not want any male attention in the near future in the near future and that is why she is happy to have the few extra pounds on her these days <laughs> yeah that's a few nice herman munster shoes by the way now look at it from this i ain't gonna lie though i'd still go there really fuck yes all right not even a not even a thought not even a, not even a consideration, not even like, oh, well, you know, no, now, now is it because you're attracted to her or just because she's Valerie Bertinelli and she was the Valerie Bertinelli from one day at a time? I think that's a large part of it, but I, I still, I don't know. She's still got the cute face. <laughs> that's it. She's got the cute face and she's Valerie Bertinelli. Yeah. All right. All right. The 62-year-old hot Cleveland star told the Today Show on Thursday, the pounds are like protection weight, mm -hmm. but not for Chris Aiken. No, not for me. <laughs> because Chris would still bang the fuck out of her. She could gain another hundred, I'm in. <laughs> nice. I don't care. Valerie <laughs> Bertinelli. <laughs> the one-day-at-a-time actress is in the process of divorcing her second husband, 
Tom Vitell, who is 58, whom recently asked for spousal support from the celebrity. Mm. <laughs> As a man. Yeah. And again, I'm I'm only asking you mm-hmm. because I know my thoughts on this. Yeah. How would you wh- what are your thoughts on requesting spousal support from your chick? Never. Yeah. Never. Is that a fag move or what? That's just a bitch move. Yeah, of course. I mean, I get it. He doesn't have money. She's got zillions or millions. Oh, yeah. And that's Eddie Van Halen money, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. It's Eddie Van Halen money. So, you know, I get where he's coming from, but what a bitch. But then again, you only live once. So, you know, there's the other side of it is like, okay, I'm a bitch with 50 million in the bank. (laughs) Is that really such a, such a bad deal? I don't know. Me personally, I would never do that. I don't, I I don't think I would either, but I, but I understand it's, it's one of those things. I wouldn't do it, but I understand. I would would never punch a chick out, but I understand. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Valerie has a plan. First, she will take care of her mental health and then she will work on her physical health. Hmm. I know this weight is protecting me right now. And when I get healthier internally and emotionally, that weight will come off. She said, okay, you, you better talk to your son, Wolfie, because he's really packing on the balance. <laughs> What's he protecting himself from? No idea. Because I know I'm treating my body better. I'm drinking less alcohol. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm drinking less alcohol. I'm eating less sugar. I'm putting more vegetables into my body, but my body is doing this for a reason because it needs protection. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Her body has a mind of its own. First of all, she's considering fucking pizza sauce, a goddamn (laughs) vegetable. Stop it. Pizza sauce is not a vegetable. Holy shit. She's considering fucking pizza and cake as fucking bread grain group. Stop it. I'm sorry. I love Jack Daniels too, Valerie, but Jack and Coke is very fattening. Yeah. I mean, she does have kind of the fucking bloated liquor face. Well, she does. She definitely has bloated liquor face. She's got the bloated Clinton, you know? Yeah. Again, I, I, I'll, I'll never say nothing bad about Valerie Bertinelli. I fucking love her. Well, she's, she's, she's sexy as hell. Even fat, I, I, even fat. I find her hot. I I mean, I'm just like, boy, you're kind of tipping the scales here. I, I, I liked her a ton in fat in Cleveland. She was fucking great or hot in Cleveland, whatever (laughs) fat in Cleveland. (laughs) Might as well have been fat in Cleveland. Might as well have been, especially when she was standing next to what's her name, Wendy, whatever her name is, the real skinny one. All right. I I forget what her name is, but, um, but, um, yeah, it, it, well, she, like the other two girls were both real skinny on hot in Cleveland. So they would have, they would have these two real skinny girls. They would have fucking Betty white who's 600 years old. And then they would have Valerie, Valerie wearing like the long sweater thing. You know, the thing chicks do Right. where guys go, Tony, two shirts, chicks go, chicks go Sally, you know, one sweater, (laughs) you know, 
that in Cleveland? <laughs> Whatever. I think this segment needs to be titled Fat in Cleveland. Oh, it's whatever. So it's a word slip. Was it that far off? Talk about I think that's fucking funny though. It's it's Freudian slip instead of hot in Cleveland, it's fat in Cleveland. Yeah. I mean she's she was fat in Cleveland, I guess. Oh my god, that's fucking funny. And she has a way of lifting herself out of dark moods with gratitude. After she wakes up, she gives thanks for what she had. Yeah, you had Eddie Van Halen, dude. That that was like a one of a time, one of a kind in a lifetime. Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Everybody knows who Eddie Van Halen was. But See, look, look at this. Look at the picture. Oh yeah, she's the the two on the two flanking her are real skinny. Yeah, and this is when she was still kind of. This is before she got all fucking bloaty. Yeah, she got all bloomed up. Yeah, but look, even in this picture, she's wearing a, a fucking jacket that doesn't fit her anymore. <laughs> she is. Look at it. I see it. I guarantee you, when they first put that into wardrobe, it fit. Yeah, they didn't start her out with something that didn't fit. Fat in Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> but it bothers her to have those extra pounds on her after losing 50 pounds in 2000. 50 pounds in 2009. Even after during her interview on Today with Hoda and Jenna, she was hyper aware of her form. So lose it again. 50 pounds. Well, she could lose it again. I know, but that that's a lot of weight. Yeah, I'm looking, please. I'm looking at the monitor and trying not to judge myself too harshly right now because I know that I'm still holding on to this weight she shared as she teared up. Just watch your son's fucking light latest video. That'll make you feel better. Exactly. Because it's protecting me from I'm going through a lot of challenges, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of crazy stuff going in my life right now. Added the star as she spoke to the NYC Today studio. And she is just gonna hold on, I'm gonna stop you right here. Yeah. Am I crazy or is she really, really milking every bit of the Eddie Van Halen mileage out of this out of his passing? I would say so, yes. I mean, it's been more than a year. And she wasn't married to him. No, she has a mar- She was married to somebody else already, and yeah. it's been years since she was involved with Eddie on a, you know, a one-on-one day-in, day-out basis. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, and again, I get it. If somebody you're close to and you stayed close after dies, you're upset. But every fucking interview. At some point, as a as a professional, you say, "Look, I'm not going to talk about my ex husband anymore." You know, I'm sorry he passed away. Next question. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is the only mileage she's getting now is talking about this great love of Eddie Van Halen. Well, if it's so great, why'd you fucking get divorced? <laughs> Somewhere that both of you thought it was fucked up, and that's not to slam her. It's just like, all right, it's been how long has Eddie been dead? A little over, over a year, a little over a year. Yeah. So I get it. The first six months as the grieving ex-wife, you can get away with that. After six months, it just seems like you're just hanging on for no real reason. Yeah, milking it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's probably time that the fucking press 
that she just tells the press, I'm not going to talk about Eddie Van Halen anymore. Yeah, I'm over it. I haven't been Valerie Van Halen in 20 years. Yeah. So move on. And she is trying not to stress out about it too much. I haven't stepped on a scale since I finished writing the book, she said. All right. Uh, her book is her new memoir enough already. And she knows that everyone is hurting a bit after the pandemic. And now with staggering inflation, she's writing about inflation. That's what I want to hear about from Valerie Bertinelli, her state of the economy. Yeah. Then she shared, I'm not the only one going through these challenging times. We've all been through so much. I'm not the only one. I'm not here to say, oh, poor me. I'm here to say that when we reach out to people we love or strangers, even that we don't have to feel so alone in this world and go through it alone. It's been a hard past few years for Valerie. In 2017, her mother, Nancy, died, and soon after, she separated from her husband, Tom. In 2020, her ex-husband, rock star Eddie Van Halen, passed away. Also, in her Today interview, Valerie hinted that she did not trust Vital. All right. You know, this whole story just fucking reeks of desperation, though. Oh, she's living such a tough life, right? Well, at the same time, she fucking had a 10-year run with Hot in Cleveland where she made a ton of money and actually made a comeback for herself. And her fucking son had a very successful album and tour and was nominated for a Grammy. Yeah. So let's stop with the whole everything in Valerie's world is so fucking bad. Stop it. <laughs> Here, Here's the whole thing. I have some trust issues, shared the brunette beauty as she teared up. I'm going to be more than happy to be happily divorced and spend the rest of my life alone. Good. Well, if you need a one-off quickie. (laughs) The actress uh, was previously married to Eddie Van Halen, lead guitarist of rock band Van Halen from 1981 to 2007. Then she was married from uh, Vital from 2011 to 2021. So she made, a 10 year relationship work, I guess. Mm. Uh, the food network starred. Oh, she's on the food network now. Gee, how ironic. <laughs> she, she discussed her divorce from her second husband upon separating after 11 years of marriage. I'm going to be more happy to be more happily divorced and spend the rest of my life alone. The 62 year old, uh, star stated. Although she has no plans to be possibly remarried, the star definitely isn't completely alone. She said, uh, his six cats and my dog and my son, and hopefully one day grandchildren. Boy, I'm sure Wolfie likes to know that he's behind six cats and a dog in the fucking pecking order. Jesus, my six cats, my dog. Oh, and my son. Jesus. Nice parenting, Val. Did I send you that? Uh, I did send you this article, right? Um, I don't know. Maybe that that's where you got that photo, right? Probably. I think All I right. Go, already, go way down in the, the, uh, article. There's okay. actually a really good picture of her, even though she's advanced in age. Uh, she's, she's standing there getting photos 
uh, in TNT. There's like a TNT background. It's yellow. Yeah. Uh, Bert Nally has one son, Wolfgang, Wolfgang Van Halen, who followed in his father's footsteps and is also a musician. When asked if she would ever look for love again, the star answered simply, oh, God, no. <laughs> the one day at a time actress explained the reason is because she can't imagine ever trusting anyone again to let her let them into her life. So, so I have some trust issues that I'm going to have to get past. Last month, Bertinelli officially filed for divorce from Vital for irreconcilable differences. Okay. She also said she never expected to be twice divorced. Divorce sucks, she said. Stop getting married, you dummy. (laughs) She married the financial planner in 2011 with her ex-husband Eddie Van Halen and her son Wolf both in attendance when Eddie married in 2019 Bertinelli was also a guest after the divorce from Van Halen the two developed a close relationship until his death in 2020 the star talked about the process of dealing with the loss when he passed away and that love what was uh help is what helped her the most Love always wins, no matter what, even when they're gone. She stated on the show, there's still that I love to be grateful for that you had. Bert Nelly was also one of the people who was there next to him when he passed away alongside Van Halen's second wife, his brother, and his son. Mm-hmm. Now, she looks decent in that picture. Yeah, that's 50 pounds ago. <laughs> it is. Look at her. I know. That ain't. That ain't this. Mm-hmm. It certainly ain't that, but it ain't that. Nope. It ain't that. Well, there you are. Yeah. Valerie Bertinelli. Mm-hmm. Tragic. All my heart throbs. The chick, the, the chick that a lot of guys loved is, along with Samantha Fox. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do one more story and then get the fuck out of here. All I know right. it's a little early, but by the time we do one more story, it's close enough. Are you done, man? Yeah, I'm tired tonight. Have you had enough? I, I've always had enough. I'm ready to cut the show to three hours. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. So so we'll uh, do one story and then we'll cut it out. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can make that into two pieces. That'll work. All right. Well, let me see what I got on the... Uh... Okay, let, let's talk about the uh, the mess that Portland, the, the city of Portland is in. I'm unaware of this, so go ahead. All right. The streets of Portland resemble an open-air drug market after state officials' scheme to decriminalize hard drugs led to a surge of overdose deaths, a critic claims. Okay. Law enforcement agents say that the streets of Portland, Oregon are full of homeless addicts openly buying and selling drugs and that signs of drug addiction are actually increasing statewide. Now, is this not the same place that had that fucking city taken over like a year and a half ago? It is exactly the same place. That chop or whatever. Is that what it's called? Chop or chop or something? You're absolutely right. Okay. (laughs) Big shock here. 
Now they're <laughs> fucked up. All right. Wow. Photos show that desperate situation in the liberal Pacific Northwest city where people can be seen shooting up drugs or passed out in broad daylight. The dreadful scene comes 16 months after ballot measure 110, which passed with 58.8% of supporting decriminalizing of hard drugs in a Democrat-run state. Okay. (laughs) So people are just, like, doing drugs. Oregon was the first state in the United States to decriminalize possession of personal use amount of heroin, methamphetamine, LSD, oxycodone, and other drugs after voters approved a ballot a ballot measure in 2020 to decriminalize hard drugs. A person found with personal amounts of heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, and other drugs receives a citation like a traffic ticket with the maximum $100 fine waived if they call a hotline for a health assessment. (laughs) So, so literally you get busted for meth. For yes. meth. Yes, for meth. And you call, you say, well, I'll just call the hotline. Yeah. You talk to them for 15 minutes and, they and, go, and your ticket's waived. Yeah, they go, I got a problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm on meth. Oh, really? How long have you been doing that? Oh, about six months. Um, do you need help? Yep, I sure do. Well, or no, up. I don't. I think I can quit on my own. <laughs> okay, uh, well, I made the call. Uh, uh, what's your docket ticket? Oh, it's six, eight, five, three, eight, seven, nine, eight, four. Okay. Well, we'll wipe that off. (laughs) Jesus Christ. The state's program, which has been promoted as a way to establish and fund addiction recovery centers that would offer people aid instead of incarceration is being watched as a potential model for other states. Okay. Drug overdose deaths in the state also hit an all-time high in 2021 with 1,069. That is a 41% increase from 2020. Now, why is it that we can see plain as day that what you need to do is fucking come in here and start smashing heads and fucking clean this up, but they don't do it? Is it that they just don't want to do it? Is it that they want the city to fall apart? Well, I think what it is, is that they don't believe that those type of personal responsibility tactics or, or tactics that involve forcing people to kind of straighten up. And I, and I know you and I both know or, and understand being it's father's day today, mm-hmm. your father saying now straighten up Oh yeah, <laughs> and you do, of course, but for whatever reason, we want to be kinder and gentler. You know what? I want to be kinder and gentler too, to people that follow the fucking rules. Exactly. So again, this goes back to something we talked about earlier in the show. It's all about behavior. Your behavior is out of control and you need a crack in the head. Yes. Wow. Uh, of the 1,885 people who received tickets for personal possession in the first year, only 91 people, a measly 1% called the hotline according to its nonprofit operator. <laughs> so, so they're, they're, wait a minute. So they're, 
instead of just making a stupid call, they'd rather take the fucking penalty. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, we'll oh. catch me again. It's like, yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah. So, and, and I guess if it's only a hundred bucks, yeah, it's, like, it's not that what, big a deal. Like, what are you going to do to me? Yeah. My mom will pay that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Earlier this month, those behind the scheme admitted that they had underestimated the effort required to distribute the $300 million, $300 million in funds for the program. And only 40 million has been spent. Okay. <laughs> 40 million of 300 million. Well, why would you spend the other? It doesn't seem like there's a problem. Well, the, the, the thing is, is we've, we've had since the Lyndon Johnson administration, mm-hmm. we've, we as a country has, have, uh, spent, you know, over a trillion dollars on poverty things, sure. homelessness, welfare, all these other things, yet none of it has gone away, which goes no. to show that you could throw money at a problem all day long. Doesn't always solve it. It usually doesn't solve it. Look, throw you could throw money at whatever you want to do, but until there's fucking, you know, need or want more, more want until there's want, you could solve these problems. If everybody wanted to solve them with no money. Yeah. Or you could throw all the money in the world at it and it won't get solved if people don't want to solve it. True. And that's really what we're looking at is no, the people don't want to solve it. I agree. Government likes it because it keeps the people fucking beat down. Cause none of them can be successful when you're a fucking junkie yeah. and it keeps them dependent. Yeah. And the people that are junkies don't want it because they're fucking pretty happy being junkies. <laughs> so clearly if we were to do it over again, I would have asked for many more staff much quicker in the process said Steve Allen, Oregon's behavioral health director. We were just under the, let's see, we were just under resource to be able to support the effort underestimated the work that was involved in supporting something that looked like this. And partly we didn't fully understand it until we were in the middle of it. Stop it. We've been dealing with drug issues for decades. Yeah. The drug may be different, but, but it's no different than crack. Yeah. And that came out in what the eighties. Yeah. This is nothing new. No, this didn't blindside you. Drugs are a problem. It has been for decades. Mm -hmm. Don't don't act like, oh man, we, we weren't, we weren't prepared. (laughs) We weren't prepared to encounter anything like this. Didn't see this one coming. Yeah. Stop (laughs) it already. The ballot measure redirected millions of dollars in tax revenue from the state's legal marijuana industry to the treatment. Ridiculous. That's dumb. It's just dumb. But applications, go ahead. I was going to say, I say, let Portland burn. If they don't want to fix it, let it fucking burn. I agree. But applications for funding stacked up after the state officials underestimated the work required to vet them and get the money out the door. Officials testified earlier this month before the House Intern Committee on Behavioral Health. The healthy authority or the health authority said $40 million in funds have been dispersed about $265 million set aside for from 2021 to 2023 by annum still hasn't been spent. Right. 
hundreds of providers which screen the needs of people who use drugs, offer case management, treatment housing, and links to other services are waiting for those funds. More than 16,000 Oregonians have access services through the Measure 110 funding, according to the Drug Policy Alliance. Portland is just one of the several Democratic-led cities blighted by rampant open-air drug abuse. Yeah. Recent images and videos of the streets of San Francisco show, show loiterers using drugs in full view, car break-ins, aggressive shoplift, shoplifting, homeless disencampments, and fouling of payment, pavement with human excrement. Now we know where now we know where your blau punk uh you know yeah stereo into sure did <laughs> and going downhill in the liberal city under the ousting of Democratic District Attorney uh Chase Bowden. Bowden was elected in 2019 on a platform of criminal justice reform, but the DA has been widely blamed for rising crime and homelessness in the Bay Area since the start of the pandemic where brazen looters ransacked stores and breaking into cars has become commonplace. Yeah. So, so if you got that uh, removable faceplate stereo, you better take it in every night. <laughs> yeah, no shit. So far this year, statistics, statistics show that crime wave has worsened from last year. One of the worst crime waves in decades with the city's murder rate rising 11% and rapes up nearly 10%. Mm. Bowden's time in office has also seen a marked rise in vagrancy, a standout issue in the Bay Area where homelessness and brazen open drug use has increased in earnest during the pandemic. But as infections, uh, infection rates plummet and restrictions continue to lessen, the city's crime and speedy underbelly has been persistent, frustrating citizens to no end. But yet you keep voting Democrat. Yeah, well, they don't care because yeah. they don't care, and that and that again goes into my thing is let them fucking burn. Yeah, let them burn. Eventually, they'll either learn or they'll fucking find their house on fire. Exactly. San Francisco police report twenty murders so far this year, an eleven percent increase from the eighteen reported at the same time last year. Larson twenty murders? Are you laughing over there, Neely? <laughs> I mean, there's been, there's been hundreds. We're, so you we're, get that in a weekend. Exactly. <laughs> Larceny theft, meanwhile, which represents the majority of recent smash and grabs, has skyrocketed under the Bowden, under Bowden, which with uh, 13,424 cases reported this year, a 20% increase from the 11,151 reported last year. Assaults have been up on the rise with 11% with 1,035 cases reported so far this year with rapes also up by a concerning 10%. Right. As larceny continues to see the largest increase in crime, the Bay Area has conceded with, has contended with a series of smash and grab robberies in the last year with brazen thieves raiding stores in the middle of the day. Wow. What people are just walking in and stealing shit? No way. I can't believe that's going on. Nope. Illicit fentanyl started appearing on San Francisco streets in 2018 and is often mixed with other drugs such as heroin and cocaine to increase potency. 
Overdose deaths rose rapidly with the arrival of fentanyl and deaths connected with the drug increased from nine in 2009 to 230 in 2019. Fantastic. The city has taken several steps to address the fentanyl epidemic, uh, including adding new drug and mental health beds and launching the street overdose response team to provide care for people at high risk of overdose. So, so how do you go out and save the public? How does that even happen? They're not, obviously they're not. Oh, well, we have more beds. Who cares? Yeah. You can't save people from themselves. That's the whole thing. Now you save them, you lock them up until they're fucking clean. Yeah. Then you piss test them every fucking day. And I'm going to say something really controversial here. All right. Fucking let them die. Yeah. They weren't going to serve any purpose anyway. Just let them die. Let them, let them overdose. Let them shoot up. Let them enjoy their 15 or 20 minutes of ecstasy or whatever it is. Cause I've never taken drugs. Right. And if that's the end of their existence, so be it. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm with that. I mean, there's no, you can't stop it. How do you stop it? And I, I, I know I've talked about this show snowfall that I watch on, um, on FX. And one of the things that they did, that they, they make a point of doing, I mean, it's obviously a TV show, but it's, it's based on reality. Sure. They have one girl that was like, everybody's like favorite. She was like the neighborhood favorite girl. She was really cool. Whatever mm-hmm. she got on the crack and immediately they were like, fuck it. Just, just let her go. Don't try to help her. Don't try. They, you know, the drug dealer people were automatically telling her dad it's too late. She's fucked. She's done. Don't even try to help her. Cause you'll never be able to help her. Yeah. And sure as shit, she turned out to be a piece of shit because she found the fucking drugs. So I, I don't disagree with you at all. Some people do get their shit together, but far less than don't. Right. That's for sure. San Francisco mayor London breed declared a state of emergency in the city, which streamlined the city's permitting regulations in order to quickly open up the linkage center. The facility connects people living on the streets and struggling with substance abuse and mental health issues to services. The state of emergency expired in April, but the mayor renewed aspects of the declaration to allow city workers to serve as disaster service workers to respond to issues in the tenderloin neighborhood, which is particularly hard hit. Okay. So now city workers are now, you know, drug counselors. Yeah. Yeah. A guy who's, whose job used to be taking fucking dead raccoons off the road. Right. Now he's going to tell you how to get clean. Exactly. Good idea. The mayor agrees that we need to break up open air drug dealing in San Francisco. The mayor's office wrote in an email statement. So why did you allow it to begin to, you know, why did you allow it to begin with? So why are you advocating to defund your cops? Get your fucking ask for twice as much money for your cops and get them out on the streets to break this shit down. Get rid of it. Right. Police officers are making rests every day. In the last few weeks, an additional 20 officers have been added to the Tenderloin neighborhood to support our emergency response initiative. The police have seized, have seized over 10 kilos of fentanyl in the Tenderloin area this year alone, which is roughly four times more than was seized over the same period last year. 
we know more need uh we know more needs to be done to make more arrests but there also needs to be accountability for the people who are dealing the drugs committing acts of violence and making more communities less safe so yeah. so it's a deal it's not it's the dealers not the people who are buying the shit yeah well, how about it's all of them Maybe it's all of them. It is the dealers, but it's also the people buying the shit. It's everybody who's involved. Yeah. Crack their goddamn heads too. Yeah. Last month in New York's, uh, a New York city, a group of men were pictured taking drugs out of an open. We're taking drugs out in the open outside of Harlem marketplace, casually using needles to inject drugs into their arm. The men were pictured sitting underneath the railroad surrounded by bags of their belongings that overturned city bike and photos of the block that followed the day following the day even show more men shooting up drugs at the site the scene comes uh despite democrat mayor eric adams vowed a crackdown on homelessness and crime in the city which is up nearly 40 percent from last year oh just 40 just 40 percent Mm. New, New Yorkers have been growing weary over the last spikes of violence and crimes over the city and the subway, yet you keep voting Democrat. While murders and shootings are down 10%, roughly 5% respectively from 2021, overall crime in the Big Apple is up 39.24% so far in 2022. Big deal. A mere bag of shells, Neely. Yes. That includes a 19% rise in felony assaults, a nearly 15% increase in rapes, and a 40% jump in robberies. Yeah, so what? Vagrancy also has been on the rise in the city, with Adam ordering wave after wave of officers to take down homeless encampments throughout the uh, city since March. City officials say police have taken down more than 300 camps throughout the five boroughs but the homeless continue to rebuild their campus well where did you think they were going to go after yeah, you, you gotta take you gotta do something with the people not the fucking boxes they're living in jesus right. christ yeah well where did you think they were going to go well we took down the encampment well where did those people go well they just went to the block over and they yeah. just kind of set up camp over there yeah they found a new rug and started sleeping under that one claiming that the city's homeless shelters are dangerous and not an adequate solution to its vagrancy problem. Yeah. It's a mess, dude. I, it's, I was, um, I was talking to Rob Dukes from Exodus, formerly of Exodus, um, okay. during the week this week, and he moved to Arizona and I asked him, I said, why'd you move to Arizona? And he's like, first he said the cars, cause he's like a big into the whole car collecting thing and whatnot. Okay. All right. But then he was like, he's like, yeah, and you can't live in the fucking city. He's like, it's too fucking dangerous now. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I get it. You um, know, cause he was kind of a New York guy. And then all of a sudden he's like in Arizona. Yeah. You know, cause, cause it's too fucking dangerous to live there now. He's, he sees it. You know, a lot of people see it. A lot of people are moving their fucking asses out of there. So yeah, it's, it's a crazy time, but you know, as long as these dummies keep voting these idiots in, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Just keep voting Democrat. Yeah. It's exactly what you get. Yeah. You can't, you, you don't get changed when you do the same thing. If you put on the same pair of socks every day, you're not going to get a different fucking feeling from the socks. It's going to be the same fucking socks. You know, it's so dumb. It is dumb. People are stupid. I agree.
Well, since you're you're tired and you're played out and yeah, we've done. covered a lot of stuff, uh, we'll close out the show here. All right. Yeah. Now, you, I just, you can play music or something? Yeah. So I just want to let everybody know that yes. the entire time we were on the air tonight, mm-hmm. this, this AK-47 did not leave the studio, didn't kill one person. Are you sure? Didn't do a goddamn thing. It just sat here the whole time. Are you, are you sure of this? I'm, I, I thought I heard it sneak away. No, it, it stayed right here. Mm-hmm. Didn't hurt a fly. Just sat here and, uh, it behaved itself. Amazing. It's really weird how that happens. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just, just thought I'd let you know that it didn't wander off and harm a single soul. Amazing. Yes. All right. All right. Well, it's been a good show. Appreciate everybody who's tuned in and all that good stuff. And, um, we'll be back next Saturday. Hopefully Chris will be a little more rested up. (laughs) I'm just tired. You know, just, I get it. I get it. It's cool. Long week. Yeah. I get you. But anyway, since you mentioned Rob Dukes, formerly of Exodus, Mm -hmm. uh, I got some blood in blood out pulled out. Well, that's not Rob Dukes. No, nope. That's Steve Zetro. Oh, really? Yeah. He came, he back, came back in 2014 already. Blood in, blood out. Yeah. Okay, maybe that might have yeah, been. He, he's on the atrocities, the or Exhibit A and B. All right. Let me let me pull some of that up, and we'll we'll play his stuff. Mm. Yeah. The hell with Zetro, man. <laughs> he he's he's a hack. Well, since, since I, uh, you know, pulled up the AK, I think, uh, from the atrocity exhibit, uh, exhibition, uh, exhibit a, mm-hmm. I think the best way to end it would be uh call to arms. It's a good one. So, uh, since, uh, and, and of course we enjoyed shovel headed kill machine, right? Yes, we did. <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to close the show out with some call to arms from Exodus. All right. All right. So everybody, uh, enjoy your father's day. If you, if you're a father, uh, you know, happy father's day. If you're not a father like myself, uh, wish happy your Sunday. Well, <laughs> no, well, wish your father. If, if he's still living happy right. father's day, which my, my father who is 20, who is 93 years old, mm. I will be giving him a jingle tomorrow. Nice and uh all that good stuff but uh anyway we're gonna get out of here we'll leave you with some exodus from their 2007 release the atrocity exhibition that would be exhibit a and we'll leave you with some call to arms so until next saturday night this is neely along with my very good friend chris egan we're gone bye kids thanks for checking out this episode of the classic metal show Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Ninja!